Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hit the wall, though, Cam. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the SportsGrid Network. Early to bed. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! It's time to go to sleep! Early to win. I won! I won the money! It's the early line with Joe Raynary and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, here we go. Trying to uh, trying to power through here. Hour number two <laughs> on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Swing and a miss. Strange, Strike three. Strangest thing in the world. I have a minor league baseball <laughs> game playing in my ear right now. Is it a good now. game at least? No. It, some it's... guy keeps throwing wild pitches. Oh, that's that uh, sounds like a minor league game. It sounds like a Can-Am league when we're going the Rockland Boulders here in uh, New York wow. City. Wow. And I'm trying to think, are they playing over? I mean, I got minor league stadiums. Uh, all of yeah. Spring training games it are happening here. could be a spring training in, game. In, yeah, in Miami, right. But I'm like. Not at this hour, wow. though. Very crazy. Uh, but we did want to, uh, we got much to get to this hour, though, because uh, plenty of games to dive into in the NBA as well tonight. I did want to get your thoughts on that Colorado game here tonight, though. Yeah. Colorado on the road, taking on the, uh, you know, the Cal Bears. Colorado still got a chance to win this, this Pac-12. I mean, believe it or not, they are, I always thought they were a dangerous team. What do you think about this game tonight, laying nine? Yeah, Colorado's an interesting team. They actually do have a chance to win the Pac-12 if they, if they win out. But the problem is they, they finished the season with three straight road games, which is tough. At Cal, at Stanford, at Utah. Now, they should beat Utah. Utah's had a really bad year. The Cal game's a little bit tougher. Stanford's the tough one. Stanford's the real game. If they go on the road and beat Stanford, uh, I think it's next Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, March 1st. Actually, this Sunday. Wow. Wow, March is this Sunday. Holy moly. Um, then, then they will probably be in a position to win the Pac-12 in the final game of the regular season. But a very tough way to close the season. They're coming off of that bad home loss against UCLA. Cal's not very good. They should go on the road and beat Cal, and that's why the number is what it is. But you never know on the road. And this Colorado team, if you were going to tell me preseason that Colorado, with Tad Boyle as their head coach, was going Mm -hmm. to win the Pac-12 and be a ranked team uh, at the end of the season, I would call you crazy. But they're a, what do we talk about? Balance. Top 20 adjusted offense. Top 40, top top 20 adjusted defense, which is more important. Top 40 adjusted offense, which is important as well. But they defend better than they can score. And again, that's what travels. That is what you can take with you. You can pack defense in your luggage and take it with you anywhere in the country. That's correct. And and they're going to need to bring it here tonight. Also, Ohio State will talk to Oregon. We'll do that coming up. But I do believe there's music over that minor league baseball game, which means Dan Strafford is on his way in to give you the headlines from what's happening around the world of sports. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. And I think it stopped. Somebody ended the game. Well, Joe, no minor league scores on this update. In the NBA, Philadelphia 76ers All-Star Center Joel Embiid left Wednesday night's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first quarter and was ruled out with a left shoulder sprain from there. Embiid will have an MRI on Thursday. He told that to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Sixers coach Brett Brown said he is, quote, unsure whether Embiid would play in Thursday's home game against the Knicks. Charlotte Hornets guard Malik Monk 
has been suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. The suspension began with Charlotte's game Wednesday night against the Knicks. It will continue until Monk is, quote, determined to be in full compliance with the program. LeBron James is out for Thursday night's game against Golden State due to a sore groin. Some top performers from the night on Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, pardon me, uh, for the NBA, Russell Westbrook, 33 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 15-24 from the field as the Rockets beat the Memphis Grizzlies 140-112. to Karis LeVert, 34 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. The Nets dropped a 110-106 decision to the Washington Wizards. Jason Tatum continues his very, very strong year, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 13-20 from the field, 3-5 of from 3-point range. As the Boston Celtics beat the Utah Jazz in Utah, 114-103. to Stop me if you've heard this one before, gentlemen. Giancarlo Stanton, he's injured. He's been diagnosed with a grade 1 strain of his right calf and is questionable for opening day. Stanton suffered the injury while doing outfield work on Tuesday per Yankees manager Aaron Boone. Jock Peterson remains out for the Dodgers. He has not been cleared to resume hitting. Peterson was diagnosed with a strain in his right side shortly after arriving at Dodgers camp. Freddie Freeman is expected to return to Grapefruit League action next week. He's out with inflammation in his elbow, the elbow he had surgery on back in the fall. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much for ending the game for me there in my <laughs> head, and maybe it is just in my head. I have no idea. but uh, and That's apparently... actually the best thing you've said today, I think. It yeah. actually could be. Ooh, they uh, they pulled Raglan, some pitcher named Raglan. They just pulled him because he keeps hitting guys. So uh, and throwing wild pitches. There a linebacker named Raglan for Alabama? Yeah, Reggie Raglan. But it's not not it's not not him throwing wild pitches. (laughs) And the guy was not happy calling the game. So uh, glad that's over with. Best of luck there, Raglan. A couple other things going on here today, guys. We'll uh, we'll keep rolling through the college games and of course the NBA games previewing tonight. Uh, but the Honda Classic right up the road from me mm. here is getting ready to start PGA National, PGA Tour. And great, great opportunity in this tournament. It starts the Florida swing, what's known as this Florida swing here. They'll be in Bay Hill after this. And this is all leading up, of course, uh, to, uh, to uh, you know, the Masters, oh, yeah. which is just around. So here's what you need to know about the Honda Classic, because it, it has provided the one spot, this first stop on the Florida Tour, Four of the last seven champions have been triple-digit odds winners. All right, so that means pre-tournament, we're talking 100 to 1 or more, four of the last seven. Eight out of eight, the eight last, over the eight uh, last tournaments, over the last eight years, there has been at least one triple-digit odd golfer that has finished in the top three. Wow. So, this is a tournament where if you're ever going to take a flyer on a dude, you know, that's 100 to 1, 80 to 1, 110 to 1, 125. This is the tournament to go for broke. This is the kind of tournament that really sets you up from a betting perspective for the rest of your year. Uh, you know, hit one 125 to 1 winner. And and trust me, tell me what happens to your bankroll. It um. There is great opportunity here because of the fact that, A, you don't have a lot of the big guys here right now. So Tiger lives 10 minutes from the golf course. He's not playing in it. Rory lives on the damn golf course. He's not playing in it. So you do have guys like Brooks Kupka, Gary Woodland, you know, some of the other major winners that are here. But guys like Daniel Berger are here. Shane Lowry are here. uh, Aaron Wise, a lot of the European guys, Justin Rose. And 
the wind here is out of control. Every year, it's a Jack Nicholas golf course. So a lot of the European guys kind of off the grid tend to do very well here because they keep, they're they used to those windy you know, conditions. They're used to keeping the ball lower. Um, but I would not. There are a couple of guys that I would fade in every matchup this that you can get on Thursday and Friday. And that is Shane Lowry, in mm. fact, who is not a great, this is not a great part of his season ever. In fact, he's been here, um, he's made 11 starts uh, at this uh, tournament here, and he's got no top 10s, one top 25, and he's missed the cut six times. Wow. So this is a guy, if you can find matchups today with Shane Lowry, and and you're like, wow, I don't even know who that guy is, but that's golf, you know, who who is this going up against Shane? Take him. Just take him. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I, I, I was looking at this because I saw it in the rundown. You do a great job with the rundown every night, by the way. So I saw this in the rundown, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to find one of these triple-digit odds, guys. And I found one yes. that could be fun. Go Hogue. Yes. He's yes. from Columbus, which is where Jack Nicholas is from. So you've got a little bit of the, you know, the, the, you know, the mental That's connection correct. there with the Nicholas course. But mm-hmm. also, he's coming off of his first top 10. And That's this correct. is an iron course, and he's a really good iron player. 250 to 1. 250 to 1. Why not? That's worth I'm a buck, right? You, throw a couple of shekels down. I am telling you, the kid played very, really, really well on the West Coast. Yeah. He's coming in. Coming here. off the top three. Absolutely. You know, Daniel Berger's another guy you got to yeah. keep an eye on. He lives on the golf course. And, th- and that's the other thing. Ugh, coming off the West Coast strip, guys, these golf courses, the, these golfers, Sleeping in their own bed and getting up and going to the course is different than sleeping in a hotel room somewhere along the line. So a lot of these guys live on this golf course, right around this golf course, know it very well. Berger is one of those guys, and I can tell you right now, another fave is Victor Hovland. This mm. is his very first PGA Tour at, uh, at PGA National Jack Honda Classic Tournament. Little little win hangover, just one in Puerto Rico. He's never played this course before. He's never played here before. Oklahoma State kid. Yeah, I'd be fading him, too. I don't think he makes it through to the weekend. So a couple of opportunities. If you're going to go for broke this weekend and you got a couple extra bucks and you're wondering what to play it on, take a triple-digit flyer on a couple of guys in this golf They're basically tournament. lotto tickets. Exactly correct, because... Four out of seven years, I think that tells you everything you need to know about this golf course. Yeah, 100%. And, and I can't wait for golf. I can't wait for the – you know, this is – I'm not going to lie to you and say that I've been paying a lot of attention to golf over the last few weeks. You know who's great is this is Cam Stewart is an incredible golf yes. handicapper. Yes. Uh, so yep. if you want some golf picks, hit up my guy Cam or hit me up and I'll hit up Cam because he continues to bring the heat on the links. But now when we get to Masters Week, that's the beauty of Masters Week, Joe, is it's that – you get that you get that NCAA title game on Monday, and then you get yep. you get basically forty eight hours to handicap the Masters, which is a lot of time yes. to handicap one event. So to me, that's like the pocket of time when I will really dive into golf. The Masters yep. week is I, I I don't know if you've ever been, but man oh man, I it's on my bucket list. I, I I've heard such good things about Augusta. And once we yep. get really into the summertime, they, you know, they tweak the schedule. So the U.S. Open uh, or the, the, uh, the, the PGA Championships earlier now. So you get that Masters, PGA, U.S. Open, back-to-back-to-back months. So I, I think that's a very fun time to be a golf fan. And, and we're getting to be that time. You know, it's, it's March 
uh, golf is going to start to take center stage real soon uh, as the uh, – I don't even know what, what – what is it, like the azaleas there in the uh, Augusta, Georgia? azaleas, that's correct. There you go. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is definitely a uh, – the Masters is a is a bucket list tournament oh, that I'd absolutely. love to go. The problem is you can't stay in Augusta, so you got to stay in – you know, you got to drive 900 miles every day to get to the golf course, but it's still something I would love to be a part of. Good news is Raglan's back on the mound. Apparently, we were mid we were mid inning, so we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll hit the NBA and college hoops. We'll do more of that next year on the grid. I, I can't get rid of this guy. I can't get rid of this guy. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, so you'll be uh, you'll be glad to know Ragland's uh, back out again. Um, oh, thank so the game is tied two-two, and if I if we're, we're on a mad dash looking for this minor league player that's in my ear that continues to throw balls in the dirt, and not for nothing, the announcer's a little pissed off about it. So uh, trying to figure out why Ragland is still in the game. So we'll have to figure that one out while we're trying to figure out exactly how it is that we're going to set up our card here tonight because we are loaded in games. We talked a little college top 25. We'll talk a little NBA action. Not a big card here tonight, obviously, but an interesting card to say the least here with a few of these uh, a few of these games. And one of the games that I like a lot and obviously important game for Philadelphia now, what are the Sixers going to do? They're at home taking on the Knicks. You would think that's going to be an easy game, right? Philadelphia, eight and a, seven and a half, eight and a half. Total is 214 and a half, but... You know, the Sacramento Kings have quietly uh, put themselves together a little bit of a uh, win streak here. They played well before the All-Star break, just before. They've continued that play. They're a little healthier than they have been all year long. Now they find themselves on the road, taking on an Oklahoma City Thunder team, who we know is overachieved all year. But quite honestly, um, they've also had a lot of breaks go their way, especially lately. So... Uh, this is an interesting line to me at seven, six and a half, seven points for the Kings, who are really undervalued in the very marketplace. Uh, yeah, big time. Yeah, very undervalued. And of course, Oklahoma City's coming off uh, a win, but no cover against the Bulls the other night. You know, it's funny because the Thunder have been so good against the number. So it's hard to say, oh, yeah, they're actually a good bet to fade mm. them. But Regression is a thing in the NBA, especially with young teams. The Thunder now have lost their last ATS game, so maybe you know you start to see a little bit of a chink in the armor. Meanwhile, the Kings have been hot. I love what we see from De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Kent yep. Bazemore has been a revelation for them. Harry Giles has been great. Yep. You know, and I, I, I think overall what we're seeing from this Walton kid is that he can coach. And you know, this is a Kings team that has talent that's improving, and they're not. I can I can mention a lot of teams in the Western Conference that are way worse than them that have a lot less yep. that have a lot more talent that have a lot yep. more talent that are playing much 
uh, you know, sloppier basketball right now. You know, the Jazz are the first one that come to mind. So I, I, I think definitely if you're getting this many points with the Kings, it, it's an intriguing bet tonight. Oklahoma City is now coming back from a road trip. You know, yep. it, it hasn't. It wasn't a very long road trip. It was just to Chicago and back. But you know, usually the it, and and anytime you you come back home, sometimes things can get a little bit shaky. And I think Oklahoma City is now seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, we're a playoff team. There again, we talked about it in college hoops. The big numbers. You're not going to see these teams really care about winning by double digits. Just get the nope. win. Right now, we're 20, 25 games left in the regular season. The win is more important than the style points at this point. Yep. And you got to know too, guys, that it, the thing that I like about the Sacramento Kings is that when they want to play defense, they can play some defense. Mm. I mean, uh, in their little win streak, they've given up less than 104 points in the last two games. They're shooting well. They're being efficient. They're playing some defense. And, you know, that's a recipe to win some games here in the association. So uh, the underdog, by the way, eight and two in the last 10 meetings between these two teams Sacramento could very well be uh, a play of the day of mine. I do Ooh, like boy. the value they present. Very undervalued right now in the market. As far as the Sixers and the Knicks go, I mean, what are Oof. we going to do here? No Simmons, uh, no Embiid. Yes, they can win at home, but they're coming off a loss on the road against the Cavs. The Knicks are coming off a loss against Charlotte, where for some reason they were favorites. I don't even know how that don't happens. Don't ask me why. I, you know, the home team is 8-2 and two against the number in the last 10 meetings between these two teams. It would be, I don't know how you don't take the Sixers here. Uh, but I do think this is a critical spot for the Sixers. If they were to somehow lose this game tonight, I can't even imagine the pressure that uh, what, what comes down uh, in the city of Philadelphia, what the media will do to this Sixers team if they lose to the New York Knicks. Yeah, both teams had to travel last night. Both teams played last night. The Knicks are 2-5-1 and one ATS in the second game of a back-to-back, -back, and they're losing those spread mm -hmm. margins by 17 points on average. So they yep. don't just lose in the second game of back-to-backs. They lose big. And I know Philly is devoid of their big two tonight, but I still think they have more talent without those two guys than the Knicks do right. in their entire roster. Did you see the story about R.J. Barrett yesterday? Yeah, well, not, it, this kid. Uh, like, I mean, it, just leave it to the Knicks to, to fall out of the top two in the draft where you, you could have had Zion or John Morant, who are generational talents. Or maybe yep. not generational talents, but they're certainly all-star talents. And you get stuck with a guy who can't decide if he's right-handed or left-handed. I yes. mean, you can't yes. make this up. And I love the Knicks. I'm a Knicks fan for life. James Dolan, I love you. I'm not one of the guys that's, that's screaming at you to sell the team because I, I do think, you know, overall, that's not the big issue. The big issue is they can't draft guys. They that's can't correct. draft guys, and they don't get lucky in the draft, and they don't, you know, the, 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 the chips don't fall in their favor. Another lost season. We're probably going to see Tom Thibodeau as the coach next year. That's probably mm -hmm. a good thing because he's going to bring a little bit of an intensity factor that I don't think yes. the Knicks have had in recent years. But this is a team in New York that right now you cannot back them on a night-in, night-out basis. They are a nope. fade or a, or a pass. And, and that's the only way that you can treat this Knicks team over the last 20 games of the season. Absolutely correct. And uh, it's big game for Philadelphia. Without them, guys are going to have to step up here, and they need to show that they can do that to keep the uh, – you know, to, to, to keep the pitchforks and the uh, and the torches from <laughs> busting down the arena Broad doors. Broad street bullies. Yeah, it will not be good, guys. It will not be good. Uh, another team kind of going the wrong direction right now, and two teams kind of battling uh, to stay relevant, certainly uh, as playoffs get a little bit closer. Portland Trailblazers uh, taking on the Indiana mm. Pacers in Indiana. Interesting matchup here. 
Oladipo, I believe, is still questionable. He's missed the last two games with what they're listing as a minor back injury. We still know Lillard uh, with the groin injury there is he's going to remain out until at least they said sometime in March. So obviously the more games that he's not there, the more games they lose, the harder it's going to be for them to claim that eighth spot, especially with the way New Orleans has been playing. The Pacers have won three of their past four, uh, even through Oladipo being out and being hurt here. But this is a tough spot because it's, I would say, the Pacers laying close to double digits is never uh, an exciting thing here, uh, especially without Oladipo. We've seen them get a little lackadaisical. They're tough. They're hard-nosed. I would look at the under more than anything I would on the side in this game. 220, 220 and a half. I, um, I think there's more value in backing the under in Indiana doing what they do very well, which is play some defense, control the boards, control the paint. Um, I, I would anticipate maybe a little bit more success with the under or the total in general than a side in laying close to double digits here. Yeah, this game was 139-129 in Portland a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and that was when Dame went off for 50. Well, guess right. what? He's not going off for 50 tonight. He might go mm-hmm. off for 50 you know, pieces of popcorn on the sidelines, but right. uh, that, you know, he's not going off for 50 tonight. So right. I, I think you know, if you just take his 50 points out, it hits the under right there. Exactly. But you know, I, I think overall this Indiana team is, a, is such a different team at home than they are on the road. Unlike other teams like the Sixers and the Heat, which I think are the same teams in both spots, they're just better at home. This Pacers team, for some reason, is just so much better defensively at home. They feed off of that crowd. It's actually one of the better home environments in in the NBA. You don't say that a lot about the NBA arenas, but they do have a bit more of a quaint uh, venue there at Bankers Life. So it is a very interesting venue. Uh, I, I think teams coming in there sometimes struggle offensively, and that leads to the why the Pacers are so good defensively at home. I love Sabonis. I love TJ Warren. I think they and 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 Holiday and 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 they have they've figured out a bit of a potion there in Indiana with Nate McMillan, where they don't necessarily have to just outscore you to outpace you. They figured out ways to kind of out scheme you with with what's a unique lineup. They don't have like a true center. They're a little bit more of like a swingman lineup, but they can score and they can get up and down the floor. And this Portland team is going to have problems defensively tonight. I, I I think Indiana is the only way you can play this game. If you want to go under, I, I don't have a problem with that either. I can't back the Blazers at all without their best player on the road where they've struggled this year. Yeah, and what's happened here is they listen, they're one and three without Lillard in the lineup, yeah. but then it's become so reliant upon CJ McCollum. And he's not a number one. He he, he needs a a Batman to the Robin. Correct. And he's a great number two, which is is fine. But the Indiana's defense at home is more than capable of controlling a one man show, which is what Portland has become without Damian Lillard there. They'll be able to have no problem shutting down McCollum, not to mention uh, the Pacers, the under four and one in their last five overall Mm. four and one in their last five at home against teams with losing records. So what that tells me, even the last two, I think the the losing team in their last two games has scored 80 and 81 points. This is who Indiana is at home. They will clamp down. They will shut you down. And uh, it, I think it'll be very hard, even without Oladipo. It's going to be very hard, yeah. I think, for Portland to get to that 100-point mark. And anytime we're talking about a team not hitting the 100 points, we're probably talking an under, especially at 220, 221, because I don't trust the Pacers to drop 130 points in, uh, you know, against Portland either. 
Yeah, and I feel like Indiana is – they see the light at the end of their tunnel now. Yeah. They know that they're a playoff team, the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, you, you're really seeing a big divide line between the top six in the East and everybody else. I think the yep. Pacers are like eight, nine games, ten games over 500. Everyone else in the East is below 500. So there's nobody else in the Eastern Conference that's going to catch Indiana at six. The Pacers nope. know that the sixth seed probably not going to get much higher than that. So – a little bit, for, you know, that that's unlike some of these other teams that are fighting for seeding right now. Indiana knows kind of where they are, and they can just yep. go out there and play. They're used to playing without Oladipo. I think they've had a good season without him, and they'll continue to play well without him. I'd really like to see him healthy, though, because, man, he's an explosive player when he's on the floor. Damn straight he is. They're a better team, too, obviously. So, uh, Lakers, Golden State Warriors, big number there. We'll talk about that, plus the top 25 matchups will continue to roll in college hoops. Coming up here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back in here to the early line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri alongside Jared Smith as we get you ready for a uh, full lineup tonight. Just four games in the NBA, uh, 20-some-odd games in college hoops. Not a big card tonight, but certainly some games of significant importance to uh, some of the big conferences like the Big Ten we told you about. Uh, you know, you've got Michigan taking on Wisconsin. Two teams rolling right now. Wisconsin winners of four straight. Michigan winners of five straight. Trying to jockey uh, for position there. Also, Indiana trying to do their best job to remain out of the bubble and give themselves a a great shot. Taking on Purdue at Mackey Arena. One of the teams we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, is Ohio State, mm. who is a uh, another team here. And, and Jared, we've we've talked about this. Ohio State is one scary-ass team. Guys, oh, this yeah. was the number one team in the country to start the year in many people's books. Uh, after the first couple of weeks, they remained number one, and then things kind of fell off. Injuries and uh, one of their stud freshmen there, uh, Carlton, uh, had um, had some mental health issues that he's had to walk away from the team. So bottom line is they have managed over the last month to be able to put it all back together and at the right time, because I think what people forgot is this Ohio State team and their draft classes are some of the best kids in the country here, guys. They got dudes that can play. And now they're going up against a Nebraska Cornhuskers team here tonight who are uh, second to last in the Big Ten. And I believe they're just one game away from uh, matching Northwestern for the worst record in the conference. So it's an eight and a half point, eight, eight and a half point. The total 145, 145 and a half. Um, they're coming off a 79-72 win over Maryland on those Saturday. I mean, they are rolling Ohio State right now. This is an important game because they can ill afford. They wasted a whole lot of time there uh, for the first portion of the season 
losing games they should not have been losing. They've been great. You beat Maryland like that on the weekend. You got to follow that up with a very convincing win here. Even though it's on the road, you got to follow up with a very convincing win here too against uh, Nebraska tonight. Very important to win this game, and I think they'll win it by double digits rather easily. Yeah, Ohio State had that stretch during the regular season where they lost six of seven right in the meat of that Big Ten schedule. Since then, well, they've won six of eight, and they're starting Mm -hmm. to play better. Uh, Yeah, Nebraska, there's really not much you could say. They've lost 12 games in a row. They've lost 12 games in a row. Northwestern's only lost 11, so... The Wildcats are slightly better right now than, than the Cornhuskers are, uh, but I use the word better very, very loosely. We can't really handicap Nebraska. They're a very bad team. We can't handicap Ohio State. They're a very, very balanced team. Caleb Wesson at the top. There's another guy uh, named Wesson as well. They're not twins. Yep. They are brothers. The, the, yep. the, the, the worst Wesson is a year older. Uh, so they're both very experienced players. They're both players that you need to, that you need to account for when you're trying to tackle this Ohio State offense and this Ohio State defense, which is very good. I love what Chris Holtman's done with this team. Absolutely. I, I think the Big Ten, like we've said, is very, very balanced. They have Absolutely. teams at the top, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. These are the teams that we're talking about as contenders. They don't – like, there's not one spark of their game that you're like, oh, I wish they would improve. They're very balanced, which are hard teams to scheme against. And, again, when we talk about it, it's not going to play a factor tonight. They should beat Nebraska very handily. But when we get into the back-to-back days in the Big Ten tournament, when we get into the Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday uh, scenarios in the NCAA tournament, the hardest teams to prepare for are the ones that don't do anything poorly. They have no weaknesses. They are strong across the board. These Big Ten teams are tournament-tested. They And we said it. They're all going to be four and five seeds pretty much, with the exception of Maryland that probably gets up to the one, you know, two line most likely, one probably a long shot. But, man, oh, man, they are going to give some problems to these one seeds in the Sweet 16. I can't wait to see what the bracket looks like. I'm going to take my eyes right to the Sweet 16 and say, which are the teams in this bracket that can beat the one seeds? Because you know there's going to be madness. If any year there's going to be madness, this is going to be the year. We haven't seen a year where no one seeds have made it to the Final Four. I don't know if that's ever happened. I'm sure it has at some point. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. This could be that year. Now, I think one of those one seeds will get in, Gonzaga, Kansas. Those are the two that I have in mind. But, man, oh, man, they are going to be some fascinating matchups in the Sweet 16. Ohio State's going to be one of those teams on the 3-4 line that's going to give somebody problems uh, on that 1-2 line in the Sweet 16. Yeah, and just uh, money, guys, is what they've been to. Oh, yeah. Ohio State, 6-2 and two against the number in their last eight overall, 4-0 and oh against the number in their last four against op- opponents with less than – 500 records so they're beating the teams they should be beating they're doing it convincingly and meanwhile nebraska has given up at least 80 points in just about well every game known to mankind here uh so easy win for ohio state tonight for sure just uh, and chris Holmes not going to let them uh, be lackadaisical they know what's on the line here so that should be a fairly easy double digit win anything less than double digits guys i would back ohio state i wouldn't think i wouldn't think twice about it now, the other interesting, uh, and there is a double-digit number on this game, is the Oregon Ducks taking on their in-state mm. rival, uh, you know, Oregon State, the Beavs here. And listen, Oregon State beat Oregon uh, in their first matchup this scene. It was in Oregon State, and I don't think Oregon has forgotten about it. Now, home court means a lot here in this game. Why? Well, Oregon State is 10-4 at home this year. They're just 3-7 and seven on the road, while Oregon is 14 and 0 at home. Now the and just 5 and 5 when it's, you know, not belief uh, you know, when they're not in their own building. So 5 and 5 on a road for Oregon, but when they're in their building, 
That is a 14-0 record going up against an Oregon State team that doesn't play well in a row. 10, 10 and a half points is what we are looking at here. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, what can you say here, guys? Uh, he is going to be Stud. a weapon and something to fear come tournament time because that's exactly the kind of player teams dream about. That's the kind of player that will catapult and take this Oregon team to another level. I love Dana Altman. I love his team. Last year, they were all about size, right? And athletics, yeah. they had some big dude. This year, it's all about the guard play. Oh, all yeah. about the guard play. So uh, Dana Altman, one of the best coaches uh, in the game. Oregon is not a team when, you know, somebody needs a shot with, with five seconds left and Oregon has the ball, there's a good chance you're losing. Uh, and it's just that simple. And that's going to come huge in tournament time. They are a sleeper to me. Nobody spends a lot of time talking about them. But when you have this kid, Peyton Pritchard, out there and you have this team, I love them tonight, even at double digits. I love it tonight. I think they get their revenge. I think they blow out Oregon State. Um, and I don't think they uh, they show any mercy whatsoever. I think this is going to be the real bloodbath on the card tonight. I agree. And when you talk about Oregon, uh, this is why we're on the same page, Joe. This is why I love doing shows with you. I've been on Oregon now for about a month. I gave them out mm -hmm. as a national title pick on several different shows, not only this one uh, with, with, with our good friend Dane Martinez when you were out a couple weeks ago, but also on other segments around town because I just yep. love Peyton Pritchard this much. I love Chris Duarte. Yep. Chris Duarte excuse me. That's a yep. tough name to say. But they've got three guys on their team that shoot at 40% from three. Pritchard's mm -hmm. one of them. He's right at 40, and they got a couple other guys who can stroke it from the outside. You're right. With them, this year, it's all about guard play. Last year, they had Ball. They had King. Uh, they were a much more forward-driven team. They went to the Sweet 16. They were in the Final Four two years ago. Pritchard's been on the team for like eight years, so he's been around the block. Yep. Uh, so he's one of the most experienced players in the country. Man, oh, man, Dana Altman doesn't get enough credit for how good of a coach he nope. is. The Pac-12, I think, is down this year overall. But Oregon has flown under the radar. Ducks fly together, right, all season long because of the fact that the Pac-12 hasn't gotten that notoriety. Arizona's had a bad season. We all know the issues that USC, UCLA are having out there in Los Angeles. So it's not one of those, oh, man, let's take a look at Oregon because the Pac-12 has been so good this year. You need to take a look at Oregon because nobody's looking at the Pac-12 this year, and they're still one of the best backcourts in the country. Backcourts yep. win games in March. Peyton Pritchard can literally win a game by himself in March. He yep, doesn't need anybody else on the floor. He can have me and you out there. He can have Pharrell. He can have Mafia. All the, all the scrubs coming off on the wide courts. And Peyton Pritchard can lead his team to a win in March. He's that tough. He's going to be in the NBA. I don't know how good he's going to be in the NBA, but he will be an NBA player because of his mindset, because of his tempo, because of his ability to control the game. He will control yep. this game tonight. Oregon will cover this game tonight. And keep an eye on the Ducks as one of those yep. sleeper teams. They're probably going to be like a five or a six seed, very undervalued in the tournament. And I think they've got a chance to really make some noise. Yeah, and uh, tonight game, uh, the, the, speaking of the Pac-12, guys, the game of all games tonight, and if you're going to stay up to watch it, it's the late-night degenerate special for those <laughs> of us on the East Coast. Uh, but I can tell you right now, Arizona State, UCLA tonight oh, for what essentially is going to be, uh, you know, the two best teams right now, red-hot teams certainly yeah. in the, in the Pac-12 going head-to-head. -head. Arizona State's won seven straight. UCLA Five in a row, coming off a massive upset win over those Colorado Buffaloes we told you about. That was a 70-63 to 63 win as a 10-point dog. Mm. And listen, this game opens up UCLA, three-and-a-half-point home favorite. We get it. Slight majority of the bets that I'm seeing right now laying the points with the Bruins, but this number has fallen in a lot of places to three. So that means we've got a little bit of a reverse line movement here. There's a lot of people... 
siding, or at least the the pros and the bigger money guys at this point in the morning, guys, seem to be siding with the road conference dog uh, and taking the points. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out throughout the day from a betting perspective. But there is no doubt, listen, Mick Cronin got crucified early on. Coming from Cincinnati, talk about watching paint dry, slow. Yeah. You bring that kind of, you know, half-court game to UCLA where these kids are like, we want to score, it's UCLA, let's run up and down. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not his kids, it's not his recruits. It's a program that's been in free fall. All of a sudden, the first half of the year, everyone's like, he's never going to last. He's got, yeah, well, yeah, all of a sudden now, he's got UCLA battling for a conference title here. We'll talk about this game. We'll take a look at some of our favorite plays of the day plus a, uh, an obscure play or two coming up next here on the grid. The early line, Joe and Ari, Jared Smith, SportsGrid.com. The leader of the pack. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Time to jump all over these plays we're about to give you here. Don't forget, last night, uh, Jared and I giving you two underdog winners, mm. straight straight money line winners, giving you him with the Boston Celtics getting five. Uh, I gave you a UMass to take down uh, VCU and uh, both cha-ching there, and we'll look to do that again here coming up. But I did want to get your thoughts first and foremost here, uh, Jared, on this Arizona State-UCLA game, the two Red-hot team, certainly in the Pac-12, not in the country. Again, Mick Cronin got crucified there early on in this year. He was not the right fit. It was never going to work. You can't take that crap. I mean, you know, poor guy only went to what? A tournament every year when he was in Cincinnati, right? Of course it doesn't work. Uh, He's got different athletes, but you know what? It's evolved now to the point where they are a scary team, guys. Anybody who don't think UCLA has got some basketball players, you haven't been paying attention, so... I think the Pac-12, while Oregon seems to be the class, man, UCLA and Arizona State, two teams, uh, Bobby Hurley and company, really putting it together. This is going to be a war tonight. I'm looking forward to this. But again, there's a lot of money coming in on the road conference dog here, apparently, at least enough money to freeze this line with Arizona State. Yeah, and I think you got to follow the money in this in this particular case. We're seeing uh, you know some of these bets coming on Arizona State, and I, I, I understand why, and it's because UCLA's defense has been putrid this year. Now, Arizona State's offense isn't lighting it up, but what, what Arizona State has is they have a little bit of consistency, and they have a lot of of experience. Remy Martin, Mm. Romello White, these guys have been around the block. They've been to the tournament before. I think Hurley has this team playing good basketball at the right time. And, you know, to say that they're going to be the Pac-12 champs, and, you know, I I don't even think they're going to be a top seven seed, which is kind of interesting because, you know, this is a conference in the past which has had a ton of success in the tournament. Maybe not of late, but over time, you know, Bill Walton's always saying they're the conference of champions, blah, blah, blah. This Arizona State team has the pedigree of a champion. I I actually think Mm -hmm. they're a good bet tonight, kind of fading 
seeing uh, what we saw with that UCLA game the other day. I think that's I think the line's a little bit of an overreaction to that. Ken Palm's got this basically at a pick 'em right now. They've got UCLA winning by one. You're telling me you're going to get three and a half points. Maybe it goes up to four if we see a little bit of money come back on UCLA later in the day. But I I wouldn't expect that. I think this line is going to drift down closer to the Sun Devils. Uh, so if you like the three and a half, I would I would jump on it now. Yeah, and I'm listen. A lot of this has to do with, especially this time of year, guys. The the experience factor, sure. and this is a very experienced, upperclassman-laden Arizona yeah. State team. This moment is not going to be too big for them. They have also owned UCLA over their time here. Four outright wins in the last five meetings here. Uh, the veteran players, the juniors, the seniors on this team. I don't think they'll have a problem with this moment on the road. Also, sneakily, the over, guys, this number, Arizona State's been flying over the total number here, guys, like flying over its winning streak here. Six of seven games during this winning streak of theirs have gone over the number. We know UCLA is playing better on the offensive end of the court than they have for a while now. And, of course, defense still isn't quite there, so they'll give up some points. But more importantly, you know, you're looking at an adjusted tempo here. You know, they're about, you know, 51 and 127. So, you know, they're 51 in adjusted offensive efficiency, 150, 127 in defensive efficiency. There's going to be points in this game, yeah. man. So that number at 140. Tempo. Arizona State runs time. a very yep. fast tempo. And, yep. and and they've, they haven't scored below 74 points in four straight. Yep. The USC game was the one anomaly there. So their point totals the lat during this seven-game win streak, Joe, 87-84. Then the anomaly against UC, uh, USC where they scored 66. 74-80-77-74. They're not scoring less than 75 points tonight, no. which means you only need to get, uh, you know, uh, slightly less than that from UCLA in order to hit this total, which I would say is a, you know, a relatively low total. You know, 141, yes. that, that's nothing, you know, it's that's it's nothing crazy if if Arizona State gets to 75, 75-70 puts this well over. That's a, I'm, I love the over in this matchup. Expect there to be some points with these two, two top 20 uh, tempo teams. And Bobby Hurley loves to fly up and down the, yeah. uh, the court here. And Cronin figured, well, I can't make this Cincinnati too. So he started letting these kids do a little flying around. And point. all of a sudden, things change. So that's which is perfect. So great game matchup. That's the late night degenerate special. The other late night degenerate special, of course, the Lakers taking on the Golden State Warriors yeah. tonight. In the association. Now, this Warriors team, what can you say? Um, they suck. I, you know, in a word, <laughs> suck comes to mind. And I'm not being, I'm being generous when I say that. Um, they are just absolutely atrocious. I mean, they've lost seven games in a row. Uh, the last five by double digits heading into tonight's matchup. Uh, none of the Lakers, I believe, uh, one, two, I mean, they're on a six-game winning streak. You've got LeBron and Anthony playing at a ridiculous level right now. It's a it's a big number, don't get me wrong. Uh, 14 and a half, 15 points is a big number here for the Lakers on the road, but uh, it would be, I, I don't know. I mean, we know that, we know that Curry's on his way back. They're saying, yeah. give us till Sunday, right? Sunday, uh, I think he's set to finally make an appearance. Uh, I don't know why, but apparently they're bringing him back. This is this is Lakers a bust for me at this point. Yeah, I don't think you can back the Warriors. The, the the problem I have getting to the window with LA here is just they're coming off of what has been two really you know grinded out playoff type of performances. You know the Pelicans game, obviously the New Orleans is, isn't quite win loss record wise where LA is. 
but that was a LeBron versus Zion showdown of number one picks. LeBron clearly got the All better right. of that matchup, and then you had the Celtics game on Sunday, which was very much it, that could be a finals preview right there. So now LA plays very down to the competition against the Warriors. I don't see them having the same intensity and focus level that they've had in those past two games. So I can right. see them slipping, and I can see the back door being open in this game. There's no way the Warriors are going to win this game, but I will say this. This was a five-point game at Golden State a few weeks ago, and that was yes. pre-All-Star break. That was obviously some other things, you know, some lingering Kobe issues as well in that game that maybe contributed to the fact that the Lakers didn't blow out the Warriors. But Golden State, I wouldn't be surprised if we got an inspired effort from them tonight knowing they see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, with this Curry injury and him coming back. So I, I, I don't think the Warriors are a terrible bet tonight. It's a very light, uh, very slim NBA card. You don't have a lot of uh, options tonight. I think there are other games that are better to bet on on the card tonight. But if you have to get to the window in this game, I actually think the Warriors might have the slight edge just because the Lakers, I don't think they're going to bring that same intensity level that we've seen over the last couple of games. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, listen, Golden State hasn't scored more than 106 points in its last five games. Yeah. It's, uh, you know – higher than that tonight. It, it's, I think it's really not. game, actually. The under might actually be a good pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Not to mention Andrew Wiggins uh, struggling a little bit here. Nine for 30 over his past yeah. two games. The under, by the way, nine and four in the last 13 for the Lakers yeah. on the road – uh, especially going up against teams with losing records. So, you know, they get up for those big games. Yep. It's these types of games that the Lakers tend to. They'll win it. Uh, I mean, it's load management. Like that's the spot. Yeah, it's the load management without the load part. It's much more. <laughs> it's much more player management right now. You'll see LeBron. It's he's not going to be anything like he was against Zion and the cameras rolling here tonight. Um, I, I do think I lean towards the under in this one as well, because the Lakers, uh, they know it's a marathon, not a sprint here. And they had their sprint this week with the New Orleans Pelicans. So uh, just four games here in the association tonight. A lot of games here uh, of meaning, certainly top 25 in college hoops. So as you look around the card here, Jarris, give me a couple of games here that, you, uh, that you've that you circled. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked about a lot of them. I really like this Arizona State game. I wasn't really looking at Arizona State until we just talked about it tonight, but I really like Arizona State in the over in this game. I think if you if you scroll up on the card a little bit, I think the Gonzaga yep. first half over, we've been playing Gonzaga first half yep. overs basically all season long. That's a trend that's been a cash. I like the favorites in the Big Ten tonight. I think Ohio State and Michigan get it done. I'm not as inclined to get to the window with the Wolverines but if you want to put Ohio State and Michigan in a money line parlay, that seems like it could be a fun play. You're probably giving up. Well, let's put it in right now. We'll put it in the old. We'll put it in the old Fanduel machine and see what kind of juice we get with that. Nine and a half. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's it's about minus one fifty for that money line parlay. Not that's bad. Not, that's not a terrible price. I think you throw Illinois money line in there if you want to make it a three team parlay. Northwestern is absolutely dreadful. Illinois will beat Northwestern tonight. That mm -hmm. actually is a fun little. How about a, how about a Big Ten favorite money line parlay? Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State all get the job Ooh. done tonight. That one pays about plus 110, plus 120, depending on where you do your shopping. That's a fun little parlay for you. Iona, keep an eye on Iona tonight. Go into Canisius. Mm. Uh, the, the I feel like the Gale's been playing a lot better basketball over the last couple of weeks, and they're entering yes. this MAC tournament with a bit of a hot streak. Uh, I don't think this line's going to flip to a dog. MAC home dogs has been a mm -hmm. crazy trend this year, but Canisius is a slight favorite, so that trend does not apply here. So I, I, I would say look to Iona tonight. Delaware plus four at Charleston. They're coming off of a tough loss at Hofstra. Yeah. I think the Blue Hens maybe bounce back tonight. You're getting four points there uh, in that Colonial game. So there's some interesting games on the college card tonight for sure.
Yeah, no, I'm with you there. The uh, the Canisius team here, yeah. the uh, the Golden Griffins not uh, are not. No. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been good here. And Iona playing some of the best basketball lately that they've played all year. This is an Iona team that year after year, by the way, makes it to the tournament, guys. This mm -hmm. is a, they are uh, the MEAC. They are the, they are the kings here, guys. They've won five of, uh, five of its last, uh, I believe, five, they're five for five against Canisius here. Yeah. Canisius has lost uh, four of its last five games, so. To me, these are just two teams, and it's cliche, but they're heading in opposite directions. I would not get in the uh, in front of the train of Iona, but you're talking about a uh, a Big Ten uh, little parlay here. I'll go Pac-12 parlay, nice. uh, and I will go. I'll go Arizona State. I will go Colorado uh, in this matchup here tonight. I do think Colorado will take care of business. Uh, I think they are just that much better than uh, than what the uh, what the Cal Bears are at this particular point. Plus. They know they're in a battle here. Colorado knows they got to keep winning, keep impressing. I love Indiana, too, getting that many points yeah. at Mackey Arena. Two teams totally in different. In rivalry. current form right now, Indiana will be ready for this one. I do not trust Purdue at all right now, uh, and much less letting them lay seven points at home. I get Mackey Arena is a weird place, but Indiana right now has been on fire. And in the NBA, I'm telling you, I'm looking at that uh, Sacramento Kings. Give me the six and a half, seven points over uh, OKC. Don't uh, don't see that happening, OKC. Sorry, uh, but we'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll go ahead count our money together. Plus, we'll get you all set up for tomorrow's action. Jared Smith, appreciate you, brother. Thank we'll you. talk to you again uh, manana. Morning after is next. Good luck with your plays, guys. We'll be back tomorrow on the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.